Hello, welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. We are doing a little series in John chapter 10, thinking about listening to God and the uh, idea of the shepherd who leads his sheep and that the sheep follow him and know his voice. This is all uh, been unpacked in previous studies, but I want to uh, go further today. And I want to look at the really practical issue. John records Jesus as saying they know his voice. He uses that phrase a number of times in John 10. The the sheep know the shepherd's voice. What he means is that the disciples, the people of God, know what is the voice of the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, knowing his voice. Now, I think this is a really difficult subject There are people who seem to have no problem at all in hearing God and they can say quite categorically, God says this, God says that. Many of us feel uncomfortable about that. Many of us feel uncertain. How do we know if we're hearing God? Have we got it right? In the New Testament, we're required to test what other people are saying when they say they think it's God speaking. What does it mean? came across this quote that uh, uh, seems to sort of highlight the importance but also the difficulty of hearing God. The most difficult and most decisive part of prayer, says Mother Mary Clare, is acquiring this ability to listen. To listen, according to the dictionary, is attentively to exercise the sense of hearing. It is not a passive affair, a space when we don't happen to be doing or speaking. Inactivity and superficial silence do not necessarily mean that we are in a position to listen. Listening is a conscious, willed action requiring alertness and vigilance by which our whole attention is focused and controlled. Listening in this sense is a difficult thing and it is decisive because it is at the beginning of our entry into a personal and unique relationship with God in which we hear the call of our own special responsibilities for which God has intended us. Listening is the aspect of silence in which we receive the commission of God. And that seems to me to sum up a lot of thoughts that are important to me. It's decisive, this entry into a unique and personal relationship with Jesus, which is what we believe God wants for every one of us, to uniquely hear him leading and guiding us. And to do that, we need to listen to his voice. And we've unpacked this in four or five studies already about how he calls us and how he leads us out, how he goes ahead of us. And so we come to this crucial aspect They know his voice. What does it mean to know the shepherd's voice? When we talk about hearing God, in the main, what we are talking about is that a thought or phrase in our mind or something we've heard or read resonates with us, seems to have a clarity, seems to uh, make perhaps the hairs on the back of our neck stand up or give us goose pumples or causes our heart to beat just that little bit faster. That we have a sense of this thought. It's not an audible voice except in once in a lifetime moments. 
but it's a thought or a phrase in our mind or something that we hear or read, and it just leaps out of us. It seems to really strike a chord with us. And this is what we think is God's voice. The problem is that there are other voices in our lives that can seem the same, that can have the same clarity, that can have the same resonance. And I think there is a balance and God's voice is in the middle. I'm going to give you 10 words to describe what I think God's voice sounds like. 10 ideas about how to recognize the voice of God, to know his voice. 10 things. And each of those things is a middle path between two unhelpful extremes. And those unhelpful extremes are not the voice of God, but very often the voice of self. And sometimes the voice of illness and mental unwellness. And sometimes the voice of Satan, the evil one, seeking to tempt us or distract us or lead us astray. I'm not going to define which voice it is, whether it's self. That's the most common voice. Sometimes when we're not well mentally, what we're hearing is not God, but illness. And sometimes it's just the devil seeking to distract us. So here are my 10 words. You might have 10 similar words, um, but I'm going to point them out to you. I'm going to show you the extremes that are unhelpful and not God. So my first word is the word consistent. God's voice is consistent. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't flip-flop between different ideas. So when God is speaking, it will be consistent. It will be consistent with Scripture. Therefore, uh, something that contradicts Scripture, contradicts what God has already revealed, has contradicted God, is not the voice of God. It will be the voice of self or the voice of Satan or the voice of illness. The voice that says, harm somebody, kill somebody, lie, make money. It's not the voice of God because that's inconsistent with Scripture. It's another voice. And the second aspect of this word consistent is that when God speaks, he tends to say things in different ways and different forms to back it up. And it's not erratic. It's not that last Monday God said this, but this Tuesday God says the, the opposite or something different. And when we think God is changing his mind over things and trying to send us in different directions, then it's not the voice of God. And that links into my second word, which is the word persistent. In other words, that God, when he wants us to hear his voice, he will say it again. And he won't say it again and again and again in the same format. He will say it through a different format. So one of the key ways of discerning the voice of God is when our scripture matches what we hear in a sermon, comes in line with a thought that we thought, comes in line with something that we sang, a word from a song that spoke to us. That God is persistent. He says things through different ways. And the more important the message, the more persistent he will be. The more it's significant that we obey and hear and do what he asks, the more it will come in different ways. And the more he expects us to wait 
for that confirmation. And not to just jump at the first moment. We are called to test that we are hearing God correctly. So what will be not the voice of God is the words that are inconsistent, that only come, every, that come now and then it's not said again for months and weeks. But equally, something that is incessant. It's just like a, a mental tick that goes round and round our head, hour after hour after hour is probably not God. That's gone too far the other way. That may well be a sign of something being amiss and unwell. God will say something and then he'll leave us to reflect on it and he'll come back to it a day or two later or a week or two later. He won't come back to it every five minutes. And that kind of obsessive voice is unlikely to be God. My third idea, actually this is two words, I've cheated, is that the voice of God challenges thinking. In other words, it makes us think differently. He will want to tell us something that we might need a little bit of correction on, that we, we uh, hadn't thought of before. He wants to lead us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. So whenever we're just reinforcing our own ideas and our own thoughts and what we've always thought, it may not be God. But equally, the other end of the extreme is that when what we think is God is irrational, doesn't make sense, doesn't tie in with logical thinking, then I don't think it's God. Now, I know this is a controversial idea, and there are people who would say that God doesn't, is beyond rational, and he will say things that are irrational. He will sometimes tell us things that we don't understand. That's different. But I believe God has created our rational minds and he's created our brains and he's created us with the uh, expressed desire that we think clearly and think things through and use our brains. Why would God create us as more rational than any other creature in creation if he, want, if he saw rational thinking as bad? Now, I don't understand everything that God asks of me but I do believe he requires me to just check. So here's the middle ground. The voice of God is going to challenge my thinking. It's going to get me to think again. It's going to get me to review my prejudices. It's going to get me to reconsider my ideas, but it's not going to get me to think something that is crazy. That's my understanding, at least. The uh, next phrase, uh, my fourth one, I think, is that the voice of God seeks repentance. It wants us to change and turn away from that in our life that is wrong. So when we hear a voice that says, don't do that anymore because it's damaging, it may well be God. Because the voice of self will blame others. The voice of self will try and, and, and excuse. The voice of self will justify. Whereas the voice of God wants us to change and turn away and move away from stuff. When we think God is saying, that sin in your life is not your fault, it's okay, it may not be God's voice. It may be our own voice. But important to hold with that, that the voice of God is merciful. 
He wants to transform us. He wants to change us. Now, mercy is not excusing. Mercy is saying, I can see what you've done wrong, but I'm going to forgive you. So the voice of God doesn't excuse what we've done, but he does say, I want to wash it. I want to cleanse it. I don't want to punish you as you deserve. I want to forgive. So the voices that are condemning, the voices that push us away from God, the voices that make us feel that God doesn't love us, can't forgive us, won't forgive us, that we are... uh, uh, worms that have no place in relationship with God. That's not God's voice. Because God's voice is merciful. It's gracious. He wants to transform us through repentance. He doesn't want to push us away through guilt. Because the voice of God is transforming. It motivates us to change. It motivates us to do better. So when we are listening to our conscience and it makes us feel like we want to just give up, that we are without hope, that's not the voice of God. The voice of God wants to lead us through repentance into transformation, into being different. And that's a key test for me of whether God is speaking to me. Do I feel motivated and inspired to go forward and to be different? Or do I feel hopeless and discouraged and in despair? Because that's not God's voice. And equally, the other end of the spectrum is that God wants to transform us, but he wants to do that in a way that's realistic and sustainable and keeps the change. So when you hear the voice of God about something that's going to dramatically change overnight and be completely different by tomorrow morning, that may not be God's voice because God's transformation is normally deep and strong and there's an element of waiting. There's an element of growth. It's not always instant. The voice of God is compassionate. It is not judgmental. That's on ourselves or on others. The voice of God is not telling us what other people have done wrong. The voice of God is not revealing the sins and faults of other people. The voice of God is the voice that causes us to weep and to seek the lost and to care for them. It is not the voice of rebuke. It is the Spirit of God that convicts man of sin, not humanity. We are called to act with compassion and grace and mercy. And so often one hears Christian communication that is judgmental. It is condemning. It is pushing people away. It is not filled with compassion. It is not the voice of God. And the other extreme is that voice that's apathetic, that doesn't care, that no longer hears the voice of the hurting and the damaged and the broken and the lost and the vulnerable and the poor and the oppressed. The voice that says they don't matter, the voice that stops listening is not the voice of God. The voice of God is compassionate, not judgmental or apathetic. The voice of God seeks justice. It wants fairness for all people. It is not discriminatory. It does not choose one race or one gender or one nation or one color over another. It does not segregate. It does not uh, turn people away. 
The voice of God seeks justice. It does not endorse or allow the concept that the end justifies the means. The way we do things matters more than what we do, what we achieve. The voice of God seeks justice. It doesn't allow people to be downtrodden and oppressed for some kind of greater good. There isn't a greater good. The way we treat the individual is the voice of God. Because the voice of God, as we draw to my last few words, the voice of God builds up. It seeks to enhance. It seeks to develop. It seeks to encourage people forward. It does not seek division. It does not seek to criticize. It does not seek to discourage. It doesn't seek to tear other people down. It seeks to build them up. And the voice of God does not damage self. It does not lead us into practices and attitudes and feelings that uh, rob us of joy, that cause us to burn out, that cause us to be unfruitful, that cause us to give up, that cause us to carry resentment and anger. It doesn't damage the self. It doesn't damage the disciple. When God speaks to me, he builds me up. He strengthens me. He encourages me. He is not damaging me. And when Others claim to speak on behalf of God. It must build up. It cannot damage. And lastly and finally, as you might expect, the voice of God is loving. It is not a voice of fear. I know some would say that the Old Testament talks about the fear of God being the beginning of wisdom. And very often I will talk to you about it's important to understand what a word means. When the, the Bible talks about fear of God, it means reverence. It means respect. It means honor. It means fearing hurting. It doesn't mean fearing somebody unpredictable, judgmental, unmerciful. It means being, that the, the, the heart of God is love. And John tells us that perfect love casts out fear. So the voice of God is loving, it is not fear, and is not guilt. And too often I fear, I hear people who are trapped in fear or guilt and assuming it's God. God wants to build he wants to transform. He wants to demonstrate his mercy and compassion. And that is his voice. So I want to encourage you to know that voice. To recognize that when the messages, when the thoughts, when the ideas in our mind are not of love, are not building up, are not encouraging, are not transforming, are not about justice, that when the voices that we hear are discouraging, are, di are causing division, are causing resentment, are uh, causing us to be afraid or want to give up or to feel rubbish or to feel useless, that is not God's voice to us. That's our own voice. Or the voice of those who influenced or spoke unhelpful words over us in the past, or perhaps it is the voice and a sign of being unwell. Or maybe it's Satan seeking to rob us of our relationship with God. So our questions for reflection. Firstly, what reoccurring ideas might we have that might not be God's voice, that are condemning, that are judgmental, that do discourage us, that do let us feel, leave us feeling hopeless? 
How might we learn not to listen to those voices? And secondly, what might God be saying to us in love to build and transform us? Where might there be an idea that's resonating, that's coming to us from different places, that is God saying, this is how I want you to grow? And thirdly, what might God be saying to us in compassion and mercy for us to act upon for others? Not in judgment, not in rebuke, not in condemnation, but to act out in compassion and mercy. Let's pray together. Lord, will you help us to hear your voice, to know your voice, to not listen to the voices that are not from you? Will you help us to hear what builds and transforms our lives? And will you help us to hear how you are wanting us to reach out with compassion and mercy to those around us? Help us to follow your voice and not any other voice, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.